to be done. And because we're so used to doing it the way we want it to be done, we miss the protocol or the steps that God has given for us or instructed for us of how we are to do things. Look at it again. We got to get it. It's the word of the Lord. We got to have it in our heart so that we do not sin against him. John chapter 8, verse 28. Look what it says. Then said Jesus unto them, when, when, when you do this, when you have lifted up the son of man, when you have followed the protocol, when you have made the necessary steps that you are to make, then you shall know that I am he. So the revelation of who I am is not going to come to you until you have followed the necessary steps. When you have done like you are supposed to do, then revelation is going to come to you. Then impartation is going to come to you. Then peace is going to come to you. Then provision is going to come to you. Then the answer is going to come to you. But when? When is my answer going to come? When is my provision going to come? When is this going to happen for me? God, when you going to do this for me? When you going to do that for me? Look what the scriptures say. When you've lifted me up, when you have lifted me up. No, see, you want me to do things and then you want to lift me up after it's done. God help me on this morning. Please help me. You want, to, you want me to do some things and then you want to be able to say, yeah, the Lord did that. But no, I want you to lift me up first and then I will do the things that you are requiring or the things that you are asking, requesting of me to do. So again, John chapter 8 verse 28, we're going to go in it today. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the son of man, then shall you know that I am he. You're going to get a full revelation of who I am. So you cannot get to know who I am if you have not lifted me up. You cannot get a full understanding or revelation of who I am if you have not lifted me up up in order for me to exercise my authority or in order for me to be who I am and to do what I can do, then you have got to lift me up. You cannot have me just sitting idle on a shelf. You've got to lift me up. You've got to give me dominance. You have got to give me reigning ability. You have got to give me authority ability in order for me to do what it is that I do. And so, but what do we do? No, I want you to do it, God, and then I'll give you some praise. I want you to do it, God, and then I can say that the Lord did this for me. I don't don't want to, to lift you up beforehand because why? I'm not fully trusting you for real. That's why. I haven't fully given myself over to you for real. Why? Because I'm afraid my situation really is bigger than what I want to admit it is. I really haven't. Some would say I haven't because I don't know how, God. I've not ever had to trust anybody at this capacity before. 
because I've always been my own ever since I became an adult, even moved into teenagehood. I've, I've been my own source. I've worked since I was 15, 16 years old with taking care of myself. So I haven't really had to trust anybody in this capacity. So I really don't know how to do it. And so I can't really just give you praise for something before you have done it because I don't know how. I don't know how. But he's saying, listen, in order for you to get the fullness of what I have and in order for you to reach the maximum potential or me to have the full ability of what I am capable of doing, I need you to lift me up first. I need you to lift me up first. I need you to honor me first. I need you to cry out unto me first. I need you to put me in a particular place, a position first, okay? I need you to do that first. I need to revolutionize your whole life, your whole way of thinking. I need you to allow Romans 12 to be a, a, a prominent part of your life uh, where it says that you be ye uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. I need you to let that happen for you. I need you to let this mind be in you which was also inside of me. I need you to allow me to recalibrate things for you because your convergence is off some, you know, your lines are not like they should be, your convergence are off a little bit, so I need you to allow me to align some things up so I can show you exactly how I do things, because you've gotten in a, a, a mindset of, of thinking the ways of how the world would do, because this is the way you've done things, but I need to recalibrate, I need to reestablish and set you on the right path in order for you to do this effectively. And so he's talking to them and he says to them in John chapter 8 verse 28 he says to them, listen there is a particular way that you've got to do things because prior in the scripture when they were talking they had asked him, they said who are thou? Remember we saw that the other day in verse 25 they asked him, they said who art thou? He told them, he says listen I'm the same one that I was from the very beginning. See I don't change up it's something about y'all, y'all do all that changing up. You talk this way one day and then the next way, the next day you talk in another way but I don't change up and so they were in a state of confusion and the Lord was trying to deliver them, deliver them out of this state of confusion. If you ever been in a situation where you were confused concerning something and just need God to deliver you or help you with it, this is how you get your answer. He said lift me up in this situation so don't magnify the diagnosis but lift me up, okay? Don't don't magnify the bank account, but lift me up, okay? Don't magnify the bad relationship, but lift me up, okay? Because if you will lift me up, there's going to be some things that's going to happen. And so he's talking to them from this state of confusion that they are in, but he's revealing the answer. God help me. If you've ever been in a place as to where you need an answer from God because you're in a place of confusion, the worst thing that we could do is not follow the instructions or take heed to that that God is saying because his word is so infallible his word is so 
hold true in the things that he say. And so he's giving them defining words, defining factors of things that would change for them, things that would make a major difference for them if they would just take heed to it. So he says to them, if you let's back up a little bit, John chapter 8 and verse 27 says this, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. And see, they couldn't get a revelation of what he was saying because uh, they were still stuck in their traditional mindsets of how things were. And one of the worst things that you could do as a Christian is not have yourself in a place where you won't change your mind. There are going to be situations, Lord help me this morning, intercessors unite. There are going to be situations as to where you're going to have to change your mind about some stuff. You may be done been doing that for 25 years, but all of a sudden you hit another place in God and the Lord causes you to change your mind about that very thing you've been doing for that long. Why? Because this season cannot house that old stuff. This season you cannot do what you used to do. So you got to change your mind. And so Jesus is dealing with them about the changing of their mind. They tried to trap him up to make him think he was a changer. He hit them real quick with the flex. Say, uh-uh, I'm the same one that I was from the very beginning. You Negroes is the one that struggle with changing up stuff. I don't. I'm still Jesus. I'm the very one that I've been from the very beginning. You're the ones that change up conversation depending on what crowd you in. You're the ones that struggle with chameleon spirits, not me. I'm Jesus. I'm still that same one. Because why? I know my purpose and I know who sent me here for purpose. Uh, my father sent me here and so I only speak the things that my father speak. I only do the things that my father instructs me to do and most of all I know my purpose. See, my father told me from the very beginning what my purpose was. He sent his son into the world. He sent me in so that I would die for your sins. Not mine because I'm pretty good but I'm going to die for your sins. I got to get old Delphine that's going to be born in 75. I got to die for that chick's sins because uh, hers is going to be so rough. I sure enough got to die for her. So he knew exactly why he had came into the earth. So he's talking to them to bring them into a place of understanding why he had came into the earth. And you, let me tell you something. Don't just be the type of Christian that uh, you just uh, a Christian just by a word only, but you have no revelation of God. Don't be the type of Christian that you just a Christian uh, uh, by word only. You, you don't have no kind of concept as to what the Father is speaking. You don't have no kind of concept as to the fullness of what it is that Christ came to die for. All you know is, is that I heard when I was a child that this man died for me. He went to Calvary for me. But you don't ever try to find out the fullness of why he had to go to Calvary. You don't try to find out the fullness of what Calvary represented for you. You don't try to find out what them 39 stripes on his back represented, what the piercing in his side represented, what the thorns on his head represented, what those stakes drove in his hands and feet represented because all of it had a significant meaning and he's trying to tell them the significant meanings as to how things are to operate. But if you are just that type that just wants to be a name only. You'll be just like these Jews was and miss it. And miss it. They were missing it. They were missing it. 
He says to them, it says, verse 27, John 8, 27, it says this here. It says, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. They couldn't get any understanding. One of the worst things that we could do as a Christian is to be locked up in the mind with a refusal to make changes. We're thinking that things has got to be the way God help me, please. Lord, help me, please. God, help me. Okay. That's the most dangerous place to be. It's to be in a place as to where you think. Or you refuse to allow some things to change. You refuse to allow some things to change. That's a dangerous place to be in. Because you got to understand something about the Father. He is, he changes not in his attributes, his character. His character does not change, but his methods does. His character, his love, it does not change. It's unconditional. It's agape. It does not change. But his methods, his approach to his people has to change. He cannot deal with all people the same because not all people are the same. Comprehension levels are different with people. So he has to do have different methods. It may be one that he can just say, hey, put that down, and they put it down. But then it may be one that's like me as to where he got get aggressive and say, hey, listen, didn't I say put that down if you... Don't put it down out there, fiend, and I'm going to hit you upside your head. See, he, you know, he, he had to come to me like that because of my personality and, and because of what I am equipped to do within the earth. Now, it's the same thing. Both of us needed to put it down, but he had to come at a different facet. So it's still the same father. He changes not. His attributes doesn't change. He loved the one that he had to say, put that down to. And he loved the one like me that he had to say, put that down or I'm going to hit you upside your head now. See, he loves both of us the same. But his method had to be different. And so if you do not accept the fact in your life that there are going to be some changes that has to, to happen. And so, but you as a person, your, your, your attributes, you know, who you, it does not change. But there are situations where your geographical location may change. There may be situations where your employment may change. There may be situations where the people you deal with may change. But it should not change you as a person. It shouldn't change you as a person as to who you are. And see, you got to understand this. This is it's a song that uh, uh, we used to sing at the Pentecostal church says uh, it's called God is God and God won't ever change. That was the I think that's the name of it. That's what I titled it anyway. But it said this here. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder roars. He's God way up in heaven and he's God down in my soul. And I know God is God 
and God won't ever change. See, it's giving all them things about him. Say, he's God when lightning flashes. Yes, he is. He's God when thunder roars. See, there's different methods to him, but it's all God. Uh-huh. See, his attributes does not change, but his methods has to change. So if there is something about you and you don't want to change, the worst predicament that you could find yourself in as a Christian is you not wanting to change. You tell me, hey, I'm just used to things being like this and this just the way it always have been. And, you know, my mama told me, it was, my mama told me it was like this and my, and my, my granddad and them, they did it like this and, and that what kind of stuff. See, you're going to miss God a lot. You're going to miss God a lot. That's what they were doing. They was missing God. They was missing God because of the fact that they just did not want to uh, accept the change. They did not want to make the shift. They were fighting against it. They were fighting against it so to the point that they literally start trying to find ways to find error in Jesus, to find fault in him so that they would not have to conform to what it was that he was saying, God, I love you on this morning. See, that's what happened with people too, is whenever you start pre- presenting change to people about stuff and they don't want to make the changes, what they'll start doing is, is they'll start looking for stuff wrong with you in order so that they don't have to make the change. They don't have to make the shift. They'll start looking for things to, to say about you where, you know, she didn't do such and such and such and such. I remember 20 years ago when she and such and such. Because they don't want to make the necessary adjustments. They're literally fighting the shift that God is trying to make. They're literally battling against that thing don't want to do what it is that God is wanting them to do. They're fighting against it. And so when they're fighting against it, they'll start coming up with railing accusations against you, start coming up with all types of stuff, stuff from the past, and then their mind will even fabricate stuff that is not so to be true because they don't want to make the necessary shifts because those shifts mean that there is something that's got to change. Well, there is something about us as a people. We get used to things being the way that they are. We are known as creatures of habit. And so because we are creatures of habit and we are creatures of conformity is basically what you could say that it is. Uh, We are creatures of conformity and because we are creatures of conformity and we don't like to change, whenever there is something about us that, you know, a uh, that needs to change, then we we uh-uh, and I'm comfortable right here. Don't I don't mess with me. You ever been in a in the bed and uh and got in a comfortable position and then all of a sudden you gotta get up and do something, whether it's turn the bathroom light off or whether it's you know it, it turn the fan on or, or what have you, whatever the case may be, and you fussing because now you got to get out of this comfortable position. I do it all the time. That's why I try to make sure I have everything I need before I get in that bed. So I ain't gotta get back up. Because I know I'm finna be fussing. I don't want, you know, if I forgot to get my thing, you know, I'll be fussing because you're comfortable, see? And we are people of conformity. We love to sit in a place of comfort. We love to get there. Why? Because we don't like dealing with things. We don't like taking on things head on. We don't like confronting issues. We like to just really coast through things. That's why a lot of us are in a place as to where we can 
say that we love God, but the thing of it is, our love for God is really being dealt with. God is really checking our love for him. How you know, Pastor Lee? I'm going to tell y'all. I told you I'm going to go in this morning. This is the thing about it. Uh, he said to Peter, he says, oh, love is thou me, Peter. Yeah, Lord, I love you. Peter, love is thou me. Yes, Lord, I said I love you. Now you're going to keep asking. Say it again. Love is thou me, Peter. Yes, Lord, my God, you're getting on my nerves now. How many times I got to tell you I love you? You see, I'm walking with you. Huh? Don't you see I'm walking with you? He said, yeah, you walking with me, but before the rooster crow three times, Joker, you're going to be sold me out. Before it can grow three times. Why? Because, see, you're walking with me, but you ain't ain't in you. I'm not a part of you, see. You with me for comfort. Oh, God, help me, please. You with me for the rewards. You're not really with me for the struggle, but you're going to learn the struggle. You're going to see the struggle. See, I, I, I need to stop by and tell a couple of y'all so that you understand you cannot escape struggle, okay? You cannot escape situations and circumstances as much as you don't want to. I know you don't like it, but you can't escape it. You're just not going to be able to get out of it. You can't escape it. It's going to be some situations and some circumstances that's going to come. And unfortunately, you just can't escape escape it. You can't do anything about it. So he's saying to Peter, he says, listen, man, okay, this is where you are. This is the place where you are. You walking with me. How many times did he have to talk to Peter about certain things? Uh, check this out right here. He had to tell Peter, Peter was one of the ones, please hear what I'm saying to you today. Oh God, I love you on this morning, man. You're amazing to me. I honor you. Check this out what he had to do with Peter. Peter was the same one that he would say to him. He says, listen here, uh, I, 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 now, uh, Peter, do you love me? I had to ask him that. I had to ask him that three times. Peter gets upset about it. Uh-huh, Lord, yeah, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you, Lord. Peter would be the very one that would turn and walk and go back. Peter backslid back. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Peter backslid back. After Jesus died, Peter did not continue on in that that he had. The scripture says there was a brief season as to where Peter backslid back. So if you are not holding on to God, God help me this morning. If you are not holding on to God for the right reasons, then you are subject to go back. If you are not with him for a genuine, see, because you want to know him in the pardon of your sins for real. If you're just hanging around for the fact of comfort, uh, then it is, you're going to get in trouble because uh, you just as sure as you get comfortable, the Lord going to ask you to get up and turn the light off. Uh, the Lord going to ask you to get up and turn the fan on. Uh, the Lord going to have you to get up and somebody going to knock on the door and you just got comfortable in your bed, feeling real good, uh, done got sunk in in that particular spot that you love and now all of a sudden, here comes the Lord with something of discomfort. Why? Because I've got to get you out of this place of comfort. I don't need you to be in comfort. I need you to be in conformity. That is the place I need you to be. I need you to conform.
conform to my word. I need you to conform to me. I need you to conform to the things that I am trying to birth out of you. I need you to conform to my image. I need you to conform now to my integrity. Inform to my character. I don't, I don't, uh, I need you to come out of comfort. But what we want is comfort. We want comfort. Well, let me tell y'all something this morning about when God will give you comfort. God will give you comfort. He'll give you comfort. I'll give you, I'll give you some, some times of when God will give you comfort. God will give you comfort when you're in a time of sorrow. He'll give you comfort. He says, behold, I will not leave you comfortless. He will give you comfort. He'll give you comfort. He'll give you comfort. He had to say to Peter, one, about the love issue. Then he had to talk to Peter another time. And he had to say to Peter, he says, listen, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, boy. He's desiring to sift you as wheat. He said, but I pray for you that your faith will fail you not. Peter, who are you? Peter sitting there with a full position. Peter wasn't somebody that just went. Peter was someone that was called, somebody that was sent, y'all. You better hear me this morning. Peter didn't just go. Peter was called by God. He was chosen by God. He was one of the ones that the Lord would go by as he was fishing and say, follow me. Follow me. And so he was Peter to follow him. So Peter was one that had a purpose and a plan. And he says to him, listen, he desires to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will fail not. I'm talking to you this morning, y'all, out of John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, we've got to get the concept of faith right. We got the concept of faith wrong. In John chapter 8, Jesus said to them, let me give you the right concept of faith. I got to shake the foundation. Let me give it to you again. The right concept of faith. I need to get the right concept of faith. Check this out. John chapter 8 and verse 28. It says this right here. And uh, Jesus said unto them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then shall you know I am he. That is the right concept of faith. That is the right concept of faith right now. When you have lifted him up, then you are going to know. Revelation is going to come to you. But what we want is, is we want to get the revelation and then give the appreciation. No. It don't work like that. You give the appreciation, then you get the revelation. Hear me. You give the appreciation, Father, I appreciate you. I don't know what's going I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this, this situation, but Father, I appreciate you. I love you, and I am thankful for you, God. He says, when you lift me up, then you're going to get the revelation. But now natural terms, which is how we mostly live our lives, because we live out of our carnal state. We don't live out of our spiritual state. We live out of our carnal state, to be honest with you. That's the reason why we have to be checked on so many different things because we're doing it out of our flesh and then we want to become spiritual you know after something has taken off but now the right way the righteous way for it to be done he says lift me up and then the revelation is going to come to you why is it that I got to do so much for you in order to get appreciation why can't you just appreciate the fact that I am God is it not enough for you to see that I was born of a woman 
of a virgin and came into the earth? Was it not enough for you to see that and for you to appreciate? Why is there so much more that has to be done? Why are you requiring and demanding so much out of me? Why is it that I've got to just do, reveal all of this? I've got to show you all of this before you would just give me an actual thanks, before you would just actually give an actual surrender over to me? Why is it that? Why can't you just do it based off of that that you know thus far? Why can't you just celebrate or love me based off of that that you know thus far? Why does it have to be that I've got to do so much? Why? Why? That's what he's asking. Peter found himself in that situation. Peter with the position. Don't forget it. Peter with the position now. Peter with the position. Peter with the position. Not Peter that signed up for the position, but Peter that was given the position. Why? Because Peter was purpose for the position. I'm going to say it again. Peter with the position. Not Peter that signed up for the position, but Peter that was purpose for the position. I'm going to say it again. Because it's facts. I can say it again. Peter with the Peter with the purpose. Okay? Peter had purpose. Peter that was given the position. And it wasn't a position that Peter signed up for, but it was a position that had purpose connected to it. He was purposely given the position. Peter was. So Peter is fishing, going about his everyday life, doing what he do in a natural element of living, survival. Jesus passes by. Come here. Follow me. Don't know where you're going. Don't know where you're going. All he know was there was a pool to follow. Y'all got to watch that. Whenever you have some brakes being pumped concerning your following, you in trouble. You in trouble. You in trouble. They give a lick of trouble. Got up and follow that man. You know where that man was going. All I know is this man said, follow me. Got up and followed. Because he was positioned for purpose. Purpose was pulling him. He gets up, he follows. And in the process of him following, he then has to go through some things. He has to be dealt with. What had to be dealt with? Peter had to be dealt with. He had to be. No, let me back it up. Let me tell you who had to be dealt with. Cephas, Simon by Jonah, had to be dealt with. Because his name was changed to Peter. Cephas, who is who, who, where your Cephas at? Where you where is your Cephas? He done had, he, he done had to deal with this one. He's still dealing with Cephas here. I about killed a lot of old Cephas, stinking self. But he had to deal with it. Cephas, Simon by Jonah, had to deal with that. Because why? Because that part was going to kill the purpose part. That part of him was the part that would deny Christ. 
that part of him would be the part that would backslide and go back. That part of him would be the part that the enemy would tamper with the faith. He desires, he says, to sift you as wheat. But I prayed that your faith would fail not. What was your faith? Your faith was that that in the first beginning that caused you to follow me without you even knowing what was going on. When you got to know everything, you're not operating in faith. When God has got to make you aware, he's got to tell you everything, you're not operating in faith. Mm -mm. You're not operating in faith. He said, Peter, that's the part that he's after. Is that part of you that was willing to follow me without me having to give you full details? That part right there is what he's after. That part, as they say. That part. He's after that part. But I prayed for you that your faith will fail not. Then turns around and says to him, and when thou art converted, when you make your change, because there is a place of conversion that you've got to go through. You've got to go through a place of conversion, and when you are converted, I need to tell somebody, I need to help you today. You're struggling with being converted. See, your old man trying to kill your new man. It's called survival of the fittest. It's called survival. And only the strong will survive. It's called survival. It takes the truth to stay alive. You heard what I said then? <laughs> it takes the truth to stay alive. He says, when you are converted, go strengthen your brother. I'm then going to give you the ability to go back and help your brother. Those that are feeble, those that are weak, once you are converted, once you've got it, because, see, he doesn't want, he wants Simon. He wants those Cephas, them, them, them different personalities in you. He wants those things to live and to take precedence. Why? Because he sees the divine destiny that is on your life. He sees the divine purpose that is on your life. If you have not begun to pursue after, go after, and go hard in the pain after the full purpose of who you are in God, my Lord, have mercy on you. May the Lord be with you. I'm serious. Because I promise you, that is the place you want to be. Where you are in hot pursuit of what it is that God has for your life. If you are beyond the year of 30... That should really be a pursuing after God going on. A pursuing after God going on. A serious. It's real. It's real. He finds himself in a place. Peter, let me go back to John chapter John chapter 8. Let me give you the let me give you another text here. 
He tells him in verse 28. He says, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, you're going to know that I am He. Revelation is going to come to you as to who I am. He says, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. He says, because see, you, you, you will accuse a person of stuff when you don't know the truth. You make accusations, real accusations, when you don't know the truth. You fabricate. Your mind has the ability to be played with when you don't really know the truth. Concerning things, I'm in the habit of praying for the truth. God, please let me know the truth because truth makes me free. I'm in the habit of praying to know the truth. I make that a habit of doing I would encourage you to do that, to make that a habit of knowing the truth because we all have the potential to fabricate things in our mind that's just human nature we have what is called an imagination and and because we have an imagination it will begin to imagine things you ever had where you thought somebody might have been saying something about you or something and it really the folk wasn't even thinking about you or you thought they were looking at you and they really you know they was just spaced out or zoned out in a thought and they really wasn't even looking at you or something you know it's the imagination that consciousness that sub that that level of conscience that we have and so because we all are capable of doing that, then what we have to do is, is we have to connect to the truth of a matter. And so what I do is, is I pray for the truth. God, please send me the truth. Let me know what the truth is. Sometime I might get it right then. Sometime it might come a little bit later. Sometime I might see it in a dream or, or whatever the case may be. But I pray for the truth because why? I don't want to make railing accusations concerning something. I don't want to be thinking on the right when it's really something on the left. And so this is the place that Jesus was dealing with concerning this that's going on. He says, listen, if you lift me up, you will get the truth, all right? You will get the truth. Why? Because I'm the only one that howls truth. There's no one else that houses truth at all. No one else houses truth at all. Not at all. I don't care how good you are in your flesh. In your flesh dwelleth no good thing. Scripture says that. Our righteousness is mere filthy rags. So there is no Nothing that, you know, we can do some good things, but deep down overall inside, except the Lord build a house they that labor, labor in vain. Except the Lord make some changes in us and purify us and cleanse our spirits. We, You can try to be as best as what you can. You don't believe me? Go look over in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was the best that he could be, but when they came through, they told him, they said, listen, you still got to have the Holy Ghost. That's what he said. You still got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. I understand you feed people. I understand that you clothe people. I understand you got a weekly allowance you give that you sow arms with. I understand every bit of that, but you still got to be born again. You still gonna have to have that Holy Ghost. So our righteousness is as of filthy rags, no matter how good that we would think we are. This imagination will get you if you do not know the truth. If you do not ask God for the truth. But now let me tell you this right here. It's hard for God to communicate the truth to you if you've lodged yourself in a bunch of lies. Then it's hard for the truth to get in when you have lodged yourself in a bunch of lies. What do I mean? When you have allowed yourself to be connected so much to lies. When you've allowed yourself to be permeated so much by lies, it's hard for the truth to get in. 
in now. Something has to happen. Delphine, where you going this morning? I'm going with the Holy Ghost. Let's ride, y'all. Fasten your seatbelt. See, this is the thing about it. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Truth had presented itself to Saul of Tarsus. Yes, it had. Truth had came to Saul. Saul wouldn't hear truth because in Saul's own mind, Saul thought that what he was doing was right. See, sometimes your mind can deceive you into thinking what you were doing is right, but it has a plan to kill and destroy you. But thanks be unto God. Lord, I want to thank you. Somebody tell him thank you right quick like this morning. Thanks be unto God that he won't let the enemy have his way concerning us. Saul, it had been presented unto him to say, you're not doing the right thing, Saul. Saul said, no, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Matter of fact, I'm finna go ask the king for some letters so I can make sure that I kill these jokers. I'm fixing to go and get me a decree that gives me permission to do what it is that I want to do because I know in my heart that this is the right thing to do. Lord, help me, please. Somebody believe in some lies. I know it. I know it. I know it. You ain't going to convince me no different. Somebody believe in some lies and God trying to free you. He trying to set you free, trying to make you free. I'm going to say it like that because whom the son sets free is free indeed. Okay. Uh, God and the truth and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And Saul goes, say, I'm going to give you some letters because I'm going to kill these folk. Uh, this is just what they deserve and this is what I'm going to do to them. Ain't nothing like when you feel like somebody deserves something and you've now become the vengeance of the matter yourself. You've now become the Lord of the matter yourself. You've taken the matters into your own hand. I'm going to make them suffer. I'm going to make them pay for what they did to me. You, you don't know how I feel about what they said. I'm going to get them for that. Ain't nothing like when you have become God of your own situation. Lord, help me. Ain't nothing like when you don't become the Lord of your own circumstance. God, help me. And the truth can't penetrate. Pray for me, y'all. I feel God. Lord, help me, please. And the truth can't penetrate. The truth can't permeate, can't get into you at all because you won't listen to nothing that the truth is saying. So caught up into the way you want to go, so caught up into how you want to do it that the truth can't even get in. It's a bad state to be in in that frame of mind. And so Saul decides that that was the mindset that he wanted to take. Starts out on a journey. Somebody better hear me this morning. He starts out on a journey to pursue some stuff he had no business pursuing. He starts out on a journey. God help me this morning, Holy Ghost. I feel like busting loose this morning. He starts out on a journey to do some stuff that he had no business doing. He starts out on a journey to harm some people that he had no business harming because when you get caught up in a lie, you will hurt some innocent people. God, help me, please. You will hurt, Lord, help me, please. When you get caught up in some stuff, you will hurt innocent folk. You will hurt your children, Lord, help me, please. You will hurt friends, Lord Jesus. You will hurt innocent people when you get caught up in some mess, Lord Jesus, because all you thinking about is what's in your head, what your head is telling you to do, what you think is right, Lord Jesus Christ. Saul sets out on a journey to do what he thought was right. Oh, but thanks be unto God, and it had nothing to do, Lord, so more, God help me, please. It had nothing to do so much with the fact that it was all about Saul, but it had everything to do with Paul. God help me, please. Oh, my Lord, please 
hear what I said? It had nothing, very little to do with Saul, but it had everything to do with Paul. God help me. I'm trying to tell somebody God trying to take you beyond your, your place where you are. God is trying to take you through a convergence. He's trying to change you. Lord, help me, please. He's trying to change you. Pray for me, please. He's trying to change you. He's trying to rescue you. He's trying to deliver you. God, help me. Because if he does not, destruction is inevitable. God, help me, please. Our destruction is inevitable. God said, listen, I don't want to hurt you, Saul. And so I'm going to meet you at a point of convergence. Because I don't want to have to hurt you. Because before I let you hurt them people, then I'll have to take you out of here. And because I don't want to do that, because I got purpose on your life. Because I've divinely appointed you to write 13 of the epistles, which would be called the Pauline epistles. And because I have divinely anointed you, that you will set up churches in my honor. Because I have called you for such a time as this, I don't want to put you to sleep. And so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to present myself to you, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to present myself to you on a road called Damascus, Lord Jesus. I'm going to present myself to you, pray for me, somebody. I'm going to present myself to you on a road that you are traveling on, which you think is all right, on that old town road, on that road right there that you're traveling on, that you're going to ride till you can't no more. You see, because you're so caught up in yourself and what you're doing, that you don't want to hear nothing anymore. You've turned a deaf ear to everything. God help me. You're going to take that horse to the old town road and about to ride until you can't no more, right? But I'm trying to get to you because there is a Paul in you. And I'd much rather use that Paul, oh God, so I got to kill Saul. So then he goes on this journey to do what it was that he was going to do to hurt some innocent people. I done told you when you get caught up in yourself, you will hurt innocent people, Daphne. Please land your plane and get out of here, girl. You will, you will hurt innocent people when you are messed up and caught up in yourself. It'll make you hurt, folk. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. It'll make you hurt, folk. Lord, Jesus Christ, I'm stuck right now. It'll make you hurt, folk. Lord, Jesus. And all you care about is what you're doing. All you care about is the feeling you're getting. Oh, God, help me, please. Oh, Jesus Christ, help me. Lord, help me, please. All you care about is what it feels to you and how you feel. Oh, I feel. Everything is. And so he's on this journey to do this. And shoom, shoom, gets more blind. He gets blind. God, help me, please. He finds himself blind. God, Lord, have mercy. God has to blind him. And it says literally smoke him down to the ground. God, help me, please. He had to get in a position of losing everything. Understand me? He had to get in a position, Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> in order to see the Lord high and lift it up. God, help me, please. Help me to help us, God. Please help me to help us, God, because we're doing this stuff wrong, Lord Jesus. We're setting this 
this stuff up wrong. We done got so traditionally strapped. Oh, we're not honoring you like we should, God. Lord, have mercy. We operating in a form of godliness, but have no power at all. Lord, have mercy. God, please forgive us as a people. Please forgive us, Lord, as a people. Forgive us for saying we part of the body. No, 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 God. We have not really connected in as we should unto the body, God. Uh, and the reason I know it is because the word says, oh, Lord, that 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 is in your hand, uh, the enemy cannot pluck it out. God, I thank you. When we can shift so quick from things, Lord, help me, please. Oh, if I beg to differ, oh, Lord, have mercy as to where we are. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us as a people. We need help, Jesus. I'm crying as the voice of the one in the wilderness that is saying, crying out for us all. We need help, God. We need help, Lord Jesus. We need help, Lord Jesus. Send help from the north, the south, the east, the west. Send in things that will speak to us, God. Oh, God, please help us, Lord, to get ourselves together, to stop thinking we can do it like we want to do our vain imagination, as Solomon said, has become a dangerous weapon against us. It is messing us all up, Lord. It's got us at a place as to where we think we're right, where we're wrong. It's got us at a place where we think we're up, where we're really down. It's got us at a place where it's going to cost us greatly, God. It's going to cost us greatly, God. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will meet with us, God. Any of us that are on Damascus because we're choosing to go that route. Father, I call for the angels of you, your presence, God. I call for them now that they will meet on the road of Damascus and pump some brakes, that they will stop some things from happening, Lord. If it would be thy will, if there would be a heart of surrender, Lord, that there would be some changing and some turning, some convicting, God, that there would be, Lord, some forgiveness, some restoration, God, that there will be a divine encounter and impartation to take place. Nothing of this world matters if our soul is not at peace with you. Nothing of this world matters if we're not in a place as to where we are anchored in you, God. Nothing of this world matters if we know there are things we're doing that's wrong, that we should not be doing. God, forgive us, please. God, I set myself, Lord, as one before your people today. I set myself as one as that all, that sacrifice today, as to say, forgive us, Lord, for the things that we say and do, God. Forgive us for the thoughts, God, for the actions. Forgive us for immaturity, God. Forgive us, Lord, for allowing things to get into our psyche, God. Oh, forgive us, God, for withholding things. Oh, God, forgive us, almighty God, for all manner of evil to which we entangle ourselves in. Forgive us for sins of fornication, God. Forgive us of sins of adultery, God. Forgive us for sins of promiscuity, God. Oh, forgive us of sins, God, for self-pleasure. Forgive us, God, of all types of things that we will find ourselves engaging in. God, forgive us, Lord, for anger that we will hold against people, Lord Jesus. God, forgive us, Lord. God, for being mad about circumstances that were really beyond our control. 
control, God. Even forgive us for circumstances that we could have controlled. And now we mad because we didn't control it. And something happened, Lord. Who forgive us, almighty God. Lord, have mercy on us, please. Who pour out your spirit upon us, please, God. Let us engage in you, God. Let us encounter you, God, in such a mighty and a thorough way, Lord. Let us become real in serving you. Let us become righteous in serving you. Who let us honor you, God. Who let us spirit, Father, of your Holy Ghost, Lord. Let it be imparted unto us. May the Holy Ghost reign throughout the earth. All throughout the earth and the power and the demonstration of who you are. May it be released upon all of the earth, God. May you lay upon the earth as you would a baby on a cold winter night. Let us feel the warmth of your embrace as the times and the tide begins to change. Let us be people that are ready, God, for the crossover to the other side. God, help us, please. Lord, help us, please. Many of us find ourselves as the people in the Bible. There may be some Peters. There may be, oh God, there may be some Saul's, Lord. There may be some Joseph's. God, help me. There may be some Daniels. God, help me. There may be some Shadrach, Meshach, and them bad Negroes. All of them may be within the midst. There may be some Abrahams, God. There may be some Joshua's, Lord. Oh, God, whatever. There may be some Nehemiah's that are called to build the walls. There may be some roofs, God. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. There may be some Obadiah's, Lord. Oh, God, everybody has significance. But, Father, I pray today about the power vested on the inside of me. If I got any type of power of the Holy Ghost, if I got any kind of connection with you, I pray by the power vested in me that we would find ourselves at a place as to where we are developed, God, at a place as to where we are maturing, God, in the things that you would have for us. Let us let loose and turn and walk away from things that are hindering us, God. Bring it to the forefront of our spirits so that we can deal with it, God. Lord, have mercy. God, cause some separation and some division from things, Lord, that will keep us from you. Even if we got to separate from ourselves, because sometimes ourself is the worst enemy. Sometimes we need the social distance from ourselves, because it is our worst enemy, God. We need to get six feet from ourselves, because ourselves is our worst enemy. I bind up the spirit of hustle right now. I sense it in the spirit realm. And when I say the spirit of hustle, that means you're willing to do some things that are not right. Some things that are not seemly. God, help me. Stop hitting me, Lord. I'm going to say it. You ain't got to hit me. The spirit of hustle. That that thing has to stop now in the name of Jesus. And I release the spirit of faith. God, help me, please. I release the oil and the joy of the anointing that destroys the yokes, God. God, I loose right now the power and the authority of who you are to move within the midst of us, God. Oh, God, your righteousness to shine forth as the noonday sun. I release it now. I release it now, and so shall it be, God. Captivate us, Lord. Captivate us, God. Captivate 
captivate us, Lord, into that place with you. Captivate us and permeate us, God. More into a place with you, God. Oh, God, I thank you. Backsliders, return in the name of Jesus. Rebellion becomes subject. Let the respect and the reverence for God be ignited throughout our hearts. God, I thank you. May there be a reverence and a true, genuine respect for you to resound within our hearts. May there be a true reverence and a respect for you. We've been lying, claiming we respect you, but doing all kind of stuff we know ain't right. Spirit of righteousness come in the earth. Spirit of righteousness shine as the noonday sun. Spirit of righteousness begin to be a light over those so that it may be shown that that is God is that that is of God and that that is not. Spirit of truth begin to reveal yourself more within the earth as the angels of light so that we may know, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that which is you, that which is not. Discernment, manifest yourself in a great way. Holiness, return in the name of Jesus. True holiness without such, God, I thank you. Return. Return so that the work can be done within the earth that needs to be done in the hour to which we are living in, God. I thank you. I thank you. Rescue your people, God. Rescue your people, God. Rescue your people, God. Rescue your people. You came to redeem man from the law of sin. Rescue your people strategize a way of escape in order for your people to come out. Present the way of escape. Those that desire to be free shall take it. But those that don't, won't. But those that desire to be free, may freedom find its way into your heart. May freedom find its way into your heart. And the very things that you are afraid of letting go, may you find the power and the ability to release them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, I love you. I love you. Glory to God. Listen, y'all hear me? Hear me well. There is a way which seems right unto a man. The way seems right. But that doesn't mean it's right. There is a way which seems right unto a man. What's the direction to which it's carrying you in? You know whether something is pulling you closer to God. Or whether it's not. You know. You know. 
If it's not pulling you closer, then you're in a way that seems. You're not in a real way. You're in a way that seems. May the Lord deliver us from those ways that seem right. May the Lord deliver us from those ways that seem right. But they're not really right. May the Lord deliver us from the ways that seem right, y'all. But they're not really right. You know, we all know what is leading us to Christ and what ain't. Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Peter, you love me? Yeah, I love you, Lord. You love me, Peter? Lord, I said I love you. You love me, Peter? Feed my, feed my sheep. He says to him, feed my lambs. I want you to be able to take care of them while they babes. Then he says, I want you to feed my sheep. Because that means you're elevating, Peter. As they're growing, you're growing. So if you're not growing, you're in trouble. If you're not growing, you're in trouble. He says, you're going to deny me before the rooster could crow three times. So I need to say to y'all so that you understand this. It doesn't matter that you've done some denying. It doesn't matter that you've done some lying. It doesn't matter that you've done some things that had not been right. Restoration has finally come. Restoration has finally come. See, because the Lord's love for Peter from the beginning, that's what gave him the ability to be restored. See, the Lord didn't wait to after to love Peter. He loved Peter from the beginning. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Don't wait until something happens in order for your faith to come in God. Go on and give it to him from the beginning. See, his love for Peter was solid from the beginning. So even in the midst of Peter's betrayal, even in the midst of Peter's struggle, Peter could be restored and be used in the capacity that he was supposed to. Because Peter had a lot of ways that seemed right. Remember when he cut the band ear? That seemed right to him. When he denied Christ, that seemed right to him. So nobody can ever knock you, you know, for what, what you do that, that seems right to you. I've done a lot of things that I thought was right. It seemed right. But that don't mean it was righteous. So nobody can knock you for doing what you thought was right. You just got to be in a predicament and be somewhere with somebody that's, that's honest enough to tell the truth about it. You know, I've done it. I ain't ashamed of it. It's my testimony now.
They seem right. Get out of the areas of life that seem right. It just seems right to you to be in an affair. It just seems right to you to be in this position that you know God can't honor, that God can't bless, but it seems right to you because of the emotional attachment. So it seems right. But if you read that on after that, it says, but the end is death. So don't let what seems right interfere or cut you off from what is righteous. Don't let what seems right. It just seems like she's right for me. It just seems like he's right. Or it just seems right like I should go over here. Or it just seems right that I should do this. Or it just seems right that I should that. Seems right. Find out what the righteous thing is to do. And do that that is righteous. So the Lord can bless you. Do that that is righteous, not what seems right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take some questions and some comments. Those of you that are um, going to take some questions and some comments so uh, you can unmute yourself individually in order for you to... Uh, your questions and comments. I'm signing out of this right here. Um, so, thank y'all for tuning in. I'll take some questions and some comments. Let me get over here and see if I need to. All right. Oh boy, I got background noises out of this world. I got questions in. Do I have any questions or any comments? Thank you. Amen. Questions or comments?
feel less than because of the things that I've done in the past. And I also, but this, this, I know that God is dealing with us about protocol. Well, he's dealing with me about protocol. Following instructions. Even when I don't really know the outcome. Having to do certain things. And having to look at him like, you know, confused. Like, why do you want me to do this? Like, why should I do this? But you just concerned that in order for me to do those, in order for me to even know who he is, I have to trust him. In mm-hmm. order for me to actually know who he is, I have to, I have to be, I have to have confidence that he is going to do, that, that he is who he is. I have to be confident in who he is. Mm-hmm. And I just really, um, like thankful for this word because this is confirmation. Because I, like I said, these says it ain't been but three days, and I, it's been like a struggle. And it's like over and over, I've been constantly beating myself up. But now I have some peace about it, and I know that I have to. I have to work on protocol. I have to be, I have to work on following his instruction, even when it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all that I have. Praise God. Praise God. May the Spirit of the Lord continue to help you with it. Anybody else? Questions? Comment? Um, I was when you were talking about seems right, we need to get get from the seems right. It was just um, it was just confirmation for me from yesterday that because I was like, this don't even seem right. Seem right that I just don't do it. But then I was like, you know what? Just go ahead and do it, Yoda. And when I did it, it changed the whole atmosphere of things. So I do know I do know this was for me because a lot of times I go off of things that I think seems right. Or I have my own. So, and when I go off and do things right, a lot of times it ends up getting me in a situation worse than what it is. So I just thank you for letting God use you to speak to us about things, especially the things that seems right. Because a lot of times, a lot of things do seem right, but really, is it right? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Any other questions or comments? I wanted to say, um, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Pastor. I just wanted to um, go off for what you were saying about the protocol. How we, um, how we do our protocol. We want, we want, we expect God to just give it to us straight in instead of just saying, "Okay, God, I honor you." I, you know, I praise you, I magnify, I love you for who you are. And then get the revelation. We always, as a people, we always want to know, well, God, how are you going to do this? How, how this, you know, it look like this, God. It's sort of, you know, instead of just doing it the right way. Honoring him first, lifting him up first. 
But as a, you know, and I thank God for that because I'm one of those I'm one of those people. I always want to know what what is how you know how I go how you gonna work this out, God. God, it looks like this, and so I thank God for that. That you know that we must lift Him up first, and then He'll give us a revelation of of you know who He is and how He's gonna work it out. So I thank God for that word. Amen. 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 Let me tell y'all something that um, I'm sensing in my spirit to tell y'all. Um, you have a It's going to be something. Um, Hold up. Let me tell y'all something that I'm sensing in my spirit to tell y'all. I'm trying to figure out the easiest way. I guess it ain't no easy way to say it. But, um... It's going to become very, very challenging. It's going to become very challenging to not do what's right. And when I say challenging to not do what's right what I mean is it's not going to be as easy as it has uh, been you will literally have to make a decision to not be with God Um, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about I saw this earlier and I saw this earlier in John 8, and I, I didn't want to go all the way down to it. But I want to go down to it. I'm going to say it because i got to obey God. It's going to become very difficult, and it's going to put this lukewarmness. Hold on, let me come back to the camera. This um, This lukewarmness. Because it's a lot of lukewarmness that's going on. It's a lot of unsubmitted spirits and ways and attitudes to God. When God is actually ready to use to use us. I really believe that everybody that I deal with are at a place where God is ready to use you. It's not people that God is, um, you know trying to call out of darkness if if I could say it like that but you all are people that have been in 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 the way as they call it you've been in the way but you've refused in a lot of areas to change you've refused to make some adjustments god help me please spirit help me you refuse to make some changes, and because of refusing to make some changes, it's going to cause some situations like Saul had to deal with. Because when you won't just listen to God when he makes an appeal to you, he now has to come with a circumstance. 
it now has to come with a situation when you won't just take heed to the words that he spoke. And there are some that just won't take heed. So a circumstance is going to have to take place. It's not going to be as easy as it has been for you to do your sins and then still run in and all that little kind of stuff. You're about to be confronted with which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? Righteousness has got to come forth. He's got to gather his troops and he's got to have people that are really sold out to doing it. Not people he can't trust because you one way in front of people, but then behind doors you got a whole different another life going on that you think is not known, that is not known, but it is. So you're going to be confronted. You can write this down. It's May the 3rd. going to be confronted with a decision of what you're going to do. Will you serve God? Or will you yet continue in the way that you're going? And if you choose to continue in the way that you're going, you will have to, it'll cause you to have to forsake God. But if you choose God, it'll cause you to have to forsake the way that you've been going. The ways that you've been living your life and how you've been had things set up for yourself. You've taken matters into your own hands. I still keep hearing hustling. Hustling. I still keep hearing promiscuity. I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm Delphine LaShawn Lee and I'm a woman of God. And this morning when I rose, I ain't have a bit of doubt going to be confronted with a decision. John chapter 8. I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, for not doing it, but I guess the timing is now. He says this here. Get to it. Verse 34. Jesus. No, let's go to verse 33. It says, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. They were literally trying to cut a deal with God, which is some of the stuff that some of us do. You think you can throw God a little money, all that little type stuff, and that's supposed to make it better. You're going to mess yourself up. They said, we be Abraham's seed, and we, we were never in bondage to any man. Check them out. Now they talking big talk. How sayest thou that ye shall be made free? Say, so how are you going to tell us that we we, we going to be made free? We already free. This is what they were saying. How dare you tell us that we need to be free? We already free. Because, see, that's some of the mentality that people would have, even with me saying this, but I ain't scared of you. How you going to tell us? How you going to tell me? You know the sin you do. You know the stuff you do. You know the stuff that ain't right. They say, how are you going to tell us that we need to be made free? 
we Abraham's seed. We ain't been in bondage to no man. They they talking they Mr. and Mrs. Big stuff. Who do you think you are? That's what they that's what they were doing. They were talking trash back to Jesus. What you mean we need to be free? What you mean? Don't you know how she gonna be talking all that kind of stuff like that? I give I I I I give tithes. I give offers. And I, you can't pay God. You can't pay God, huh? God want that sin. God want that sin, y'all. He want that sin. That sin is what'll take you to hell. He want that sin. Let's look at it again. Let's look at the next part. Hey, sir. Uh, Verse 34, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. You better hear what he's saying. He says, I'm saying to you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son. Abide it forever. I need y'all to hear me this morning. need y'all to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. Sin will take you out the house. Don't, don't, don't be deceived. Now let, let them, you know, sin will take you out the house. You ever see somebody leave the house? And they didn't transition out. Go ahead. You can say it. And you won't be lying. Some sin done got them out. What the words say. Y'all know I ain't scared. I'm going to stick with that Bible. What did that Bible say would take you out the house? Let me unmute y'all. Man. What that Bible say would take you out the house, y'all? Sin, didn't it? So if you don't transition... You, you, the other the other opponent has got you. I heard you will be in the transition. The servant verse thirty five again, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. Then he hit him with the flex in verse 37 and said, I know you are Abraham's seed, but you're seeking to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. Listen at what he said. He said, you desire... Y'all hollering that you Abraham sees. See, you steady trying to talk God. You talk God in front of folk that you can talk God in front of. With backsliders ain't going to talk God in front of people that they know know they ain't right. They'll go find some people that, you know, don't really know the truth about them. But, they, but people that they know know they ain't in the place that they supposed to be in, they don't even mess with God around them. 
They don't even want to talk to them. They don't even want nothing to do with them. That's why they'll do a pulling away. Because they don't want to have nothing to do with them. But they'll go talk to people that not really, don't really know them. You know, they'll still try to shoot that God talk. Well, that kind of stuff, see. And Jesus said, you call yourselves Abraham seed. You got the language. You st- y'all still trying to talk the language. But you seeking to kill me. Why? Because he said, my word ain't got no place in you. My word, see, my word bringing truth to you, and you don't like that. You don't like the fact that I'm telling you the truth, so you want to kill me. You want to get rid of me. So, so I'm here to tell you, just as sure as Jesus Christ is Lord, you're going to be confronted by the Holy Spirit concerning what you're going to do. So, whatever areas you're doing stuff, and everybody know what they stuff is, Everybody know what your stuff is. You're going to be confronted with a decision to have to make as to whether you're going to choose that or whether you're going to choose the Lord. Because he's getting his people ready. His next level of troops that he's going to use. So he's now seeing who's ready and who shall be able to stand. You can mark it, May the 3rd, I told you. You can mark it. You will not be able to continue to be straddling the fence. It's not going to be as easy. You will not be able to be talking all this stuff in front of folk and know for a fact you've got a sin life, a sinful life. You're doing this underhanded stuff. Why? Because you will not trust God. You will not let God be who he's supposed to be. Watch what I tell you. Watch what I tell you. Any questions or any comment? I posted in the comments for those of you that make that don't have it. I, I, I put the cash app and I put the PayPal and I put the address for trim in the chats right here. If anybody needed it, for, um, if you do not have it or if you don't, you can catch up with Sharika. Or you can send me a message. I'll send it to Sharika Ohio if you desire to be a blessing um, concerning uh, what the Lord has shared on today. It's been an amazing word, awesome word. 